Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Holy Fawn episode, where we will be talking about Holy Fawn's latest album, Dimensional Bleed. Uh, This came out recently, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, so uh, this is a podcast for that. We do usually suggest, if you are listening for the first time and don't kind of know what we're going to do here, uh, we're going to be talking about this album, uh, talking about likes, dislikes, uh, just anything that came to mind about this album, and it's not quite the same as like a spoiler alert warning because there's not much we can spoil um, because it's music. I don't know. It feels different. But your spoiler alert warning is that we're going to be talking through this album. So if you feel like you want a chance to listen to the album thoroughly to maybe have your own thoughts to see if you agree or disagree with our thoughts, um, please go ahead, pause the podcast, go listen to the album, and then you can come back to the podcast when you feel like you have more uh, flushed out thoughts about this album. But for those of you who are still listening, we're going to jump in here uh, a little bit. Uh, But before we jump in, Nate, how are you doing? You know, I'm just doing dandy, Andrew. Yeah? Absolutely dandy. Excited. I th- we uh, for those who don't know, we've uh, haven't been recording too often recently. But when we do record, we record two episodes, and mm-hmm. these albums I've very much enjoyed. So yeah. I'm very excited to be talking about them. Yeah, I feel the same. They're they're very different. And what's fun about us doing two episodes at a time, kind of back to back here, is not only does it fit our schedules better. Uh, to kind of tackle two at a time. But I feel like we then can diversify a little bit more. Um, mm. Where, like, if we were recording one, like, this week, one next week, we could pick albums that are very similar. But when you do them back-to-back, yeah. you don't really want to pick albums that sound the same or you're going to be like, oh, I love this song, and you're like, shh, shh that was on the other album. Um, so you really, it's nice to kind of have one album that is really different from the other, yeah. so... Uh, no, I have I've noticed that as well. We've been a lot more intentional about having the albums be different. Where yeah. if it's just one episode at a time, I think we're yes. not as considerate of that yeah. dynamic. Which is how albums maybe like Holy Fawn, which has been out for a bit now. I didn't look at when this came out. Do you remember when this came out? Uh I think it was September ninth. Yeah. So we're a few months past here, and that's how albums like this that I think made sense to do as soon as possible sometimes get pushed back whether it's because we haven't recorded a ton since then or just because you got to find the right album that it kind of pairs with for the recording so it's so it's extra fun um but yeah i i think we have a good slate of two albums and uh, and the first one we'll do is holy fawn um first question i have for you nate it's a little different than i usually ask um, how you found out about Holy Fawn because you actually mm-hmm. did introduce me to them um, I probably 2019 because you introduced them to me for their Death Spells album which was their first full length album this mm-hmm. is their second um, but I feel like that had already been out for maybe a little bit by the time yeah. you introduced them to me um, and then I listened to Death Spells and then uh, 2020, they put out some songs. Uh, listen to those, including Candy, which 
I mean, that song, I, I want to mm. talk about that song. But that song's great in general. Um, it's not on this album. Um, but, but yeah, just in general, I usually like asking that question. You can, you can answer that one. I did want to ask, though, what do you think makes a fawn holy? Mm. That's a great, you know, that's a really great question. And one that I've get a, given a considerate amount of thought to. Yeah. So this is holy meaning set apart, you know, different. Yes. And usually different in the sense of on a higher level or a higher plane that Mm. is unreachable or difficult to reach. And so what makes holy fawn so holy is that the quality of this fawn Mm-hmm. Is at an almost unreached the purity, uh, the, the flawlessness is almost at an unreachable level that the fawn is set apart from all other fawns. You know, it's it's would it's you, alone. It's in its would, own area. It's the goat of fawns. I was gonna ask, and and you kind of led into this. <laughs> would you say that this fawn is the Tom Brady of fawns? Yes, this yeah. is the fawn goat or the the goat the goat of fawns. Which, if anyone's listening for the first time, Nate is from Boston. Uh, he's a big Pats fan. He decided when Tom left, he said, screw him. I don't like him anyway. And, um, <laughs> right? That's how it went? You and every other Patriots fan just gave up on Tom. Right? <laughs> More like, I, I was like, what the hell, Bill? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... Bill's been paying for it ever since. Oh, man. We haven't even talked about Bailey Zappi yet. Okay, <laughs> we're going to talk about Bailey Zappi post-podcast. Okay. Um, well, I mean, there, there might come a time. You know, there might. Our, some of our listeners want to get zapped. I, I that's know. True. Yeah, they want to get zapped, and we can give that's them true. the zappy. But, and, um, and my Eagles, uh, being from Philadelphia area, they just had their first loss. Um so I just wish that we had Bailey Zappi back there taking snaps because you know, mm. you know we'd still be undefeated. You would be. I mean, but. I mean, Zappi, he's a one in a generation type of player. Yep. Yep. But anyways, Hurts is like one in every other generation. No, that's actually better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Better. Yeah, that that would be better. I, I was trying to make it still sound impressive, but not quite Bailey Zappi. He's a, a once in a, I don't know, like. What's a generation? I don't care. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into the the episode. So, Nate, how did you find out about Holy Fawn? Yeah, so great question. Um, so, my story with Holy Fawn is they I I heard about them when they signed to Triple Crown, uh, and I forget if that was 2018 or 2019. Um, but regardless, they signed to, to Triple Crown and Triple Crown. The more I've heard about Triple Crown, and not to make anybody at Triple Crown upset who's listening, even though I know mm-hmm. nobody from Triple Crown is listening. Probably. Not. I don't. I don't know how great of a label it is from things I've heard. Yeah. And, you know, behind the scenes in terms of how they treat all of their artists. Yes. That being said, I do know there. Are, have been historically a great label in terms of their uh, talent uh, uh, 
pros like their ability yeah. to, to uh, they prospect get good and yeah find yeah. great artists yeah and yeah. so um, Holy Fawn went um, had released uh, Death Spells a year prior independently I believe I'm not sure yeah. if it was actually independently but yep. it wasn't on Triple Crown and it had to have been independent because when they signed to Triple Crown, they re-released the record. Okay. So it was actually an interesting conversation I had to have with myself where I was like, yeah. do I count this album as from this the, the current year that I yeah. found out about it? Yeah. Or do I count it for the previous year? Because yep. technically it was released in the previous year, but there was a re-release and I would have never yeah. known about it without the re-release. Yeah. So anyways, I... That's a whole, like, I can get a little too legalistic and uh, care too much about my year top end end of year list. Um, Do you remember where it ended up? Because you did use it in that end of year, right? Yeah, that's a great question. I might be able to figure it out, but I would say that it would be probably in the top two or three looking back now. Yep. And, and I so, feel like that's when it, either the lead up to us talking about that, or us actually talking through our top ten. It was somewhere in there that I heard about them for the first time, and it was like you were already way into them by yeah. the time I even found out about them. So what's tough is they're in such a stacked year for me, yes. for at least for for me. So yes. the record came out two thousand eighteen, and. I have in that same year Casey Musgraves Golden mm-hmm. Hour which is one of my all-time favorites. Yep. I have Kevin Crowder's Toss Up, yeah. another great, all-time yeah. classic. Yep. Pine Grove uh, Skylight which is yeah. a top 3 album of all time for yeah. me. S Carey's 100 Acres came out that year. It's just like uh, the Sidekicks their record came out that year. Me without use uh, final record came out that year. So, anyways, it's just a stacked year. Yeah. So, and they're still top. And it yeah, high. I know. No, the twenty. <laughs> what's crazy? And that's the thing. I think I I did count it as twenty nineteen at the time. Twenty nineteen yeah. though has a Beacon School. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Jason, Men I Trust, Uncle Jazz. Yeah. Also, also, Whitney from Indian Lakes. Yeah. Bonnie Vare. It's just like. These years are stacked, and despite how stacked these years are, Holy Fawn is still near the top of my list, regardless of which year you put it as. Because this record, Death Spells, gave me an experience like no other album I had listened to before had. Yes. And the ability to create such ambience and atmospheric textures while also having the dynamics to being so freaking heavy and so aggressive yeah those combinations like i've there's been like i think a good comp which sounds nothing like it is like the like post-hardcore we used we grew up listening to where you have like these uh like under oath like these beautiful cleans and then these harsh screams and then the diversity within the music itself yes but even that feels a little bit more choppy 
than Holy Fawn. I feel like when you listen to those old post-hardcore songs, it feels like, okay, you have the cleans, you have the heavies, and they Uh feel very separate often. Holy Fawn was able to make everything feel so connected and so free-flowing that it was such a beautiful combination. And I was able to, and to just get lost in the music. And so yeah. I had my Greek final the week oh. I discovered it. And no joke, just because I could get so lost on this record, I listened to the album probably like 20 times studying over that like two week or three week wow. period for my Greek final. Just like constantly listening and it just letting it pour over me. And so that's how I fell in love with the record and I think it is for stuff I listen to it's still one, a one of a kind record like yeah, I can't look at any other album and be like oh this is like Death Spells and yep. that's even true for this most album. recent record yep. um, but anyways in terms of uh, you discovering them I don't yeah. we don't need to talk about like how you found out about them yeah. but I want to know I'm very curious um for you, you you've listened to Death Spells, you listened to the the Black Moon single, which is like I would call it a mini EP. Yeah. Um, like heading into this record, the new record, what was your mm-hmm. like perspective of Holy Fawn? Like, how do you yeah. view Holy Fawn, and specifically, like, what about their past stuff created that perspective for you? Yeah. Um. They. F- felt to me like they're I'm trying to think the best wording they're one of the most interesting bands out there that like no one knows at Mm. least my perspective Um, and again my perspective is like you're literally the only person that I've ever talked to about Holy Fawn and it's not that they're not on a big record label and it's not that they're probably not big and genuinely I don't know how big they are um, they could be way bigger, and this could just yeah. be me not knowing, right? Yeah. So no offense, Holy Fawn, if, if you're huge and you're like, this guy has no clue, I don't. <laughs> but I don't feel like there's much discussion about what they're doing, and I don't feel like there's copycats or that this is a new wave either. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. It feels like they basically have found this niche where, like, I could show some of my friends who don't like hardcore 90% of their music and they'd love it mm-hmm. because those hard moments flow so seamlessly in there, but you don't see them coming either. Like it, it's like, they're just going to be having this song that someone's chilling and they're like, Oh yeah, this is like a chill vibe band. Right. And then all of a sudden, just screaming and like distorted guitar like really distorted guitars to the point that like you can't actually understand what's happening like it's just (laughs) everything gets all big and distorted um they so initially i had thought that they were similar to like a combination of two bands Mm. which um i added a third with this album uh specifically but at least to me it it helped and it's funny because you mentioned this post-hardcore because the two bands that they reminded me of um, we saw at the same concert actually yeah yep. um, so it is under oath 
specifically define the great line under oath. Yeah. Like it's those like those few tracks on Define the Great Line that just take yes. time and really chill, yes. right? And really ambient. Um, those are the tracks that sound like Holy Fawn. And then obviously breaking out of that somewhat similar. But it's this dark, really dark, moody sound to it as well. Um, and then it's Caspian. Yeah, of um, Who Caspian's instrumental, where Holy Fawn is not instrumental. And it's actually funny because... I realized that was my perspective going into this album, is that Holy Fawn's, like, really instrumental and very little singing. But I realized that's not actually true. There's a lot of singing. Like, it's not that there's, like, long instrumentals. Like, like obviously, Caspian, that's, like, 99% of what they do is instrumental. But, like, I wouldn't say that Holy Fawn is much more instrumental than most bands i don't know that's now my perspective but like for some reason just because of how they use his voice as just like sometimes blending in so well that exactly it feels like it's another instrument so there's times that you realize you're like halfway through a song and he's been singing 90 percent of that song but you haven't really paid attention to his voice yet because you're so enveloped in everything happening um I will say the band that I added this time, I think it's actually the tonal quality of his voice and maybe a little bit some of the chord choices or instrumentation is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they have a similar vocal quality um, yeah. at times. So this album, as I've been listening, I keep being reminded of uh, brand new. Um, and uh, and yeah, so... I don't know if that answered your question. That's just a lot of overarching thoughts. But yeah, coming into this album, I probably thought they were a lot more instrumental than they are. Um, I probably thought that they're heavier than they are, but I can't remember. It's actually been a little bit since I've listened to their stuff. I'd love to build off what what you're bringing up here. Yeah. Because, so just for like my perspective, um, so Despels was like, Wicked dynamic, yes. like from again super heavy to super soft, super yep. bright, um, and the Black Moon EP, I think, was not quite as dynamic, but wicked dynamic still. Yeah, it is, yeah, and. Um, I was just expect the first single for this record um, was uh, I'm so bad with track titles. Death is not yeah. defeat. I, yeah, I think that's uh, the death is a relief. Yes, um, and it carried a similar pattern. I would say as a lot of their past stuff, um, but wasn't quite as dynamic. So it still had those dynamics, but it, the heavies weren't quite as heavy. Um, And so I was interested where I was just like, oh, it's just like a softer example. Then the second single, I believe, was um, Dimensional Bleed, the title track. Oh, yeah. And that song is like not super dynamic either. It's even less dynamic, but it's heavy. And then the basically as and we can kind of like get into the record here. Yeah. What's interesting is the band took a completely different approach than they've in my opinion i and i haven't listened to the first ep i'm sorry but 
compared to Black Moon and then Death Spells, mm-hmm. they've taken a completely different approach on this record where it feels like, yes, there are dynamics. Yes, songs aren't one note. However, it feels like each song, they've said, hey, it's going to be this type of song. Yes. Versus on Death Spells, each yeah. song was like a combination of like yes. four different songs. And it was like so all over the place in such a chaotically beautiful way. They've, I think, simplified what they've tried to do, and they've shown a lot yes. of restraint on this record. Yes, one of the things that I'm noticing here that I I wanted to look at because uh, I kind of had a hunch here, and maybe that hunch is true. So, um, Death Spells is 11 minutes longer than Dimensional Bleed. Yeah. But there's still 10 tracks on both. Yeah. Which means that obviously that's an average of a little bit more than a minute more per song in Death Spells. And yeah. I think that feels right thinking about the album. And again, I haven't listened to Death Spells in probably six months yeah. or so. It's been way too long. And I really wanted to in the lead up to this, but I, I needed a couple more times on Dimensional Bleed more than I needed uh, to go back and listen to Death Spells. But... Um, I do think that they gave themselves the time because of how much up and down there was going to be in each song. This album feels to me maybe even more like, and I'm going to be honest, I don't know much of their lyrics at all. Like I know maybe 50% of lyrics and I'm pretty sure they're incredible lyrics. Maybe I don't know 50%. That's actually I was going to say, I know like I 3% probably. Yeah. Like. No, I, I realize I, I shot <laughs> a number that's usually really low for me, but it's not low enough for yeah. um, for this. Um, I'm but sure that there's really good lyrics, but I do feel like this feels more like a concept album to me. Mm. Um, just the overall feel. And I think it's the spacing. It's the spacing of the songs. It's like Hexone into death as a relief that just feels like they're build creating this full album it's your empty vials and like sightless how they fit in the album as well your long tracks and even true loss um and how they end on blood memory like everything at least musically feels like there's a really tight idea behind what they're doing musically but they're not doing as much with each song if that makes sense. Yeah. You're just doing a lot with the album as a compilation. Um, yeah. But I think the lack of uh, knowing the lyrics, I think part of it is tied to, and at least, especially in the past, their production style. Yeah. Which is not this, like, like high-produced, like, expensive-sounding yeah. style. Yeah. It's a dirt... I don't want to say dirty, but it's kind of like it, it kind of feels, muffled, yeah. like muffled. I would yes. say, and so, um, and you made the the perfect observation of they've truly used the vocals as a part of the music, which yeah. I think we say sometimes, yeah, but don't actually quite mean it as much as we no. would in this example. Yes. Yes. And so it's harder for me to pick up the lyrics, especially when it's so woven into the music. Because I'm so focused on the melody, I'm not really listening to what's being said. And then 
the pitch he's singing it's uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the guys are singing but they're singing often really high mm. or screaming yeah and both of those ranges are yes. and styles are different difficult to interpret what's yes. being said yes yes it, it's interesting because I think how they mix the vocals is like almost intentionally like hey you don't have to worry about like getting every lyric here like the vocals are more about the melody and the feel than they are lyrics but there are some bands that mix that way that I'm like I don't feel like they put an ounce of work into the lyrics because they know that but there's a part of me that does feel like the lyrics are probably really good. I don't oh, yeah. know why I have that feeling for them as a band. And I think it's because everything feels really intricate. Everything feels yeah. really thought out. So you feel like you just have this feeling like when they sit down to write the lyrics, they're not approaching lyrics the way that they approach the vocals. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they're like, we want standout really good lyrics. But yeah. also how we're going to sing them is going to blend in totally and you're going to miss 90%. <laughs> well, and I think, yeah, you make such a good observation. And this, like, expanding past this record, I think, and it's somewhat true, somewhat false. Like, I'm sure there's some incredible lyricists that make just, like, trash music. Yeah. But, like, genuinely speaking, like, quality music, mm-hmm. yes, it's about talent, mm-hmm. but it's more often about care. Yes. And about artistry and about passion and all those things. Right. And so often the music's not only impacted, the lyrics are impacted and the album artwork is also impacted. And again, live shows, et cetera, et cetera. So like, yep. it's funny how sometimes you can look at an album cover yeah, without knowing the artist or band or anything yep. and be like, hey, I think this might be a good album. Nope. And you might be wrong, nope. but because the album cover is so interesting or so unique or s- seems so thoughtful, and I feel like in the past, Andrew, I've shown you stuff where you're like, hey, I can like tell like why you like them, Nate, because you're like so into lyrics and they have such mm-hmm. good lyrics. And I've thought to myself, man, I haven't even noticed the lyrics because I've just liked the way like their sound. Yeah. But often when a band has a good sound, yes. they have good lyrics. Yes. It's just like rarely is there going to be that disconnect, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you really hit on something there. Like I've never really thought through that too much. But if I think of the bands that I find to be um, extremely – not careful. That's not the right word. But like intentional about yeah. their music um, from a musical standpoint – their lyrics are either just incredible or they're so vague that you don't get them but there's something <laughs> there's something like interesting Mystical. about how they're woven yeah. together yes and and you feel like the artist has so much meaning in there and you're just like a peasant who can't <laughs> understand like the king's lyrics um yeah and and i think that actually quite a bit um especially with like newer from indian lake stuff where i'm like like i got real confused on some late from indian lakes lyrics compared to earlier yeah stuff. but i feel like as he's gotten more technical music wise he's gotten really technical with his lyrics and yeah. that's just the first example that came to mind with like dimly lit i thought was a much more at least for me confusing lyrical album than 
than Absent Sounds or some of their other yeah. ones. But um, but yeah, I I, uh, I think that's interesting. Is there um, okay? I'm trying to think some some things we can point out about the album here. Just some other thoughts, and then um, I do want to get to favorite song here before we wrap up. But um, I do want to just point out. I think that the tone. So you mentioned that their production quality is muddy. Or sorry, that's not the word you use. That's actually the word I would use yeah. um, to describe it, but muffled. Um, but I do think that one of the things that's interesting is I think they pick really good tones for their guitars and for vocals and even like any background things that like you can tell they're really not only do they know how the end production is supposed to feel, but they pick these like it's really like mid range stuff a lot like um to allow the vocals to be your higher range and then you have that low grungy bass guitar work when it breaks out usually um but there's just i don't know like i think their guitar tone is incredible i think Mm. what they're doing um musically is really good and um each song has such a specific pocket that it fits inside where um, it was funny. Nate, Nate, uh, Nate made a joke because I was listening to this album with my uh, nine-month-old son, and when uh, I told Nate that uh, that he liked it and and was dancing to it, Nate was like, "Does he? Did he have like a really slow head bop, like a really slow nod?" Um, which he didn't because he's nine months and doesn't know how to slow down anything he does. <laughs> he's just full speed. But um, there is something about like. I don't know. The pocket that the music creates kind of draws you into that, like, your body will more than likely move, and they don't pick fast tempos. So it's going to move at a slow tempo. Yeah. No, definitely. Any other, like, overarching thoughts, anything that stands out, maybe more specific than I even was, but yeah. Yeah, and I think in terms of of what I was addressing with the muffled sound, I think this record... You can tell it does sound a bit cleaner than than Death Spells, especially. And so I would say, like, that's a change I've noticed. Um, Overall, I think what I would say is... And I I know, I'm sorry we haven't talked really about any song specifically. I mean, I kind of touched on Death as a Relief. But, like, generally speaking... I think for me, it took a bit of like, like soul searching, or I don't know the best way of describing it, but a process of reflection for me to fall in love with this record because this is not the holy fawn I fell in love with, which is interesting because they still sound like on certain levels exactly the same as they've always sounded but generally speaking i love the dynamics mm-hmm. like you you brought up candy for instance yes like the dynamics are crazy yeah um and so i just like that's my fa- like imagine like your favorite band your mm-hmm. your their vocalists their voice is like that's what won you over and then they release an instrumental album yeah it's like 
it's like they're still the same band, but that's yep. not what you fell in love with yep. uniquely or in particularly. Yep. And so that was the hardest thing for me with this record, especially because Death is a Relief made me think it was going to be somewhat similar. Yep. However, once I got over that and said, this is the be- most beautiful thing about music. Mm-hmm. Death Spells is still sitting there in my library. Yeah. Like, and it's never going to go away. No. Nope. And so we don't need artists to make the same record over again. Yeah. We have that record. Yep. And so once I got over that, I was like, oh, I just love how like they're able to create these singular moods yeah. that you are able to get lost in. Yes. Where actually a potential weakness for death spells. And I mean, I don't, I'd give it a 10 out of 10, but a potential weakness is the fact that too many songs are dynamic. Yeah. And I know that like sounds like, like it doesn't make sense, but I like how on this record, how each song has, you brought up pocket, each song has its pocket. And then on the rare occasion where it does go out of pocket, Yep. You feel it hit in a like yep. much more um, in a much different way where it's yep. less expected, um, yes. and so and often when they do change, it's not this like change, change, change. They'll like go off, <clears throat> follow that idea, and either not come back or just come yes. back once. It's yes. not this back it's and forth back ping and forth. pong, yep. which it was on Death Bells. Yes. So, sorry, my voice is going crazy. It's it's <laughs> dead at the end of the tr- trimester of teaching. But would you say I, that death is a relief? I, a death of the trimester is a relief for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say. Um, I'm looking at all, <laughs> all these song names to try and think of a fun. Yeah. You're <coughs> using your voice is a true loss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I can't. I, I'm just too tired. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a dad yet. Andrew brought up he's a dad. I'm not a dad yeah. yet. Yeah. So, Andrew, is there any? Should we get into? To be honest, I haven't picked a favorite track, and so That's fair. I would I have. Love, so I could. Start. I would love if you started <laughs> as I just okay. figure out how I'm gonna bullcrap my way through this. Well, it's funny because I think how how we probably both view this album is like less dynamic between each song probably more comfortable with their low dynamic than high i would say that the the loud parts are fewer and further between on this album um and so maybe i'm showing my hand as also so i love this album i really do um and i think i can use the word love this album because i really really like it to the point of love um but i do think i probably like death spells a little bit more um, and I feel like that's why my favorite song is Death is a Relief, mm. which I did not know that was first single. I only knew this album when it came out. I was not paying attention to singles, which is totally my bad. I'm not even sure if I saw that they were coming out. My iTunes is being stupid or something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so first time I heard Death is a Relief, I was like, oh, they're back. Um, cause it felt. I mean, that song probably... There's maybe one or two other ones, and I'm bad at... Because I've listened through this album, 
quite a bit, but I'm really bad at song titles on it uh, that I wouldn't be able to tell you looking at it what the songs are. Um, but um, but there are other songs that do feel like Death Spells, but I would say that's, that's the closest one to that. Um, I also think that, and I wanted to give, like, Hexone a, like, pat on the back for this. I think Death of Relief hits really hard because Hexone doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that Hexone takes its time that way when you finally get that that big drop in Death as a Relief, it feels so big. Um yeah. because I'd almost like been like, Oh wow, this is just like real chill now, right? Like they're just doing chill stuff. And then Death as a Relief made me think, Nope, okay, holy fawn, this is what it is. I like we're back. Um and then yeah, the rest of the album had some dynamic moments, but I would say Death is a Relief is the most dynamic song for me on the album, but it does do that thing where it gets really loud and then it doesn't really come back to it. Like There's not that back and forth. But it is probably my favorite. Um, I really like how they blend singing and screaming on that one. I yeah. do think that the vocals on that are also probably my favorite. So, yeah, Death mm-hmm. is a Relief. Did I talk long enough to help you find time uh, yeah, I think I got one. I also okay. wanted to, as I continue to uh, try and save, uh, not save time, gain time, yeah. um, to process a little bit more. I just want to quickly bring up album artwork. I think yeah. I've loved, and I know it, yeah. I've, everybody's noticed if you follow the band, but I love the consistency between the record album artworks, specifically yep. the font and the colors. I think... It's cool where this album cover looks so similar and yet so different from yes. Death Spells. Um, and I think Death Spells is an incredible album artwork as well. Yep. Um, and it got me so freaking hyped for the record once I saw the uh, the album artwork. And so there's props to them. I mean, I don't yep. know if you have any thoughts on the album artwork. I will say between the two albums, I like this album cover more. Mm. Um I mean, there's obviously more happening with it, yeah. but it, it's like, I don't know, There, there's both their albums, like, you feel like you're about to enter some dark album, right? Like, yeah. And, and I think their music does feel dark. Um, but there's something kind of cool about, and actually, if I think about it, like, the album artwork on Dimensional Bleed is less dark than Death Spells, and this album's probably less dark than Death Spells. So it probably fits, but I don't know, just that, like, shadowy figure in front of the satellite, and then there's this kind of, like, color splash at the bottom right area, like, this brownish look. I don't know. There's just something really cool. I don't... Yeah, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, campfire or light. He's shining a light. Yeah, yeah, he's shining the light. I did not actually notice that till now he's shining the light, so it's where he's shining the light, but, like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's great. I really like it. It kind of gives me um, some Return of the Jedi vibes as well, but but uh, <laughs> that's just mm. me. <laughs> so, All right, I'm gonna, what's your favorite song? Yeah, I'm gonna go with "Lift Your Head." Yeah, and good it comes right after "Death Is a Relief," third yep. track, and I think it's the a really good example of. I know I've said dynamics a million times, and so I apologize, but it's like a great example of them still using dynamics while being a bit more focused. So like 
that's the thing where I don't want to, and I just want to clarify this as we close. I don't want to create this picture that like, hey, this is not a dynamic record because it really is. And I just think it's a lot more focused and its dynamics are within a song's theme a lot more and it's less range and more, again, on theme and uh, focused. So I think this song does a great example of being tame while still being explosive, hitting that pocket that Andrew was talking about, making you really want to headbang slowly and get into it, into the vibe. Um, but yeah, it just it really draws you in, and I think it's a gr- a great song. But to be honest, I mean, I I think this is such a strong record. I wouldn't be shocked no matter what somebody picks. Like, I think there's an argument for every single song here uh, as somebody's favorite song, so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think you can tell that we enjoyed the album if we didn't say it enough, and we hope that you enjoyed the album, too. Um, I will say another thought, too, is, like, Holy Fawn seems like they'd be a band that I'd love to see live, so... Um, yeah. So if they're in your area, go support those uh, those peeps because they're uh, they're making some good music. Um, I do want to uh, just mention something to you, Andrew, about the live piece. Something really cool that they do is they put all four uh, band members up front, so they're like literally yeah. stacked. Interesting. In a straight line, even with the drummer up. Mm, and so that's they unique. really try to present themselves as a single unit and not having like one leader really. Yeah. And so all the guys end up singing at some yep. point. So all of them are singing, all of them are performing and nobody's hidden. Everybody's uh, brought forward. So it's, it's, a, I think it's, I've seen a lot of live videos of them. Yeah, I haven't seen them them. actually live, but yeah, yeah, it could be a good yeah, show. Yeah, That's interesting. That would be. That would be, maybe we'll uh, meet in the middle, find them. Go to Connecticut or something. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, know. New York, It'd Connecticut. Be the middle of nowhere, Connecticut, for us to meet in the middle. But uh, <laughs> let's still. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that'll do it. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, uh, we would ask that you would subscribe. That would be awesome. Uh, you can also find us on our socials. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at LDL pod um we did not pay for a blue check mark um or anything (laughs) weird for twitter we're still currently on twitter but who knows this is going to air in a couple weeks and who knows what twitter will look like then but you can find us there currently and then you can also email us at uh long distance i have not checked that email in so long yeah i have um, no i should check that email right now you probably I have no idea what's it's on it's probably there. gobs of fan mail towards nate and uh and nate's not responding and he's gonna lose a, a lot of traction um with all the people who are trying to vote Nate as uh, people's sexiest man of the year. Um, but uh, 35 <laughs> unread emails. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's all fan mail. Guaranteed. It's definitely not like Spotify is like, this is how your podcast is performing type of stuff. Um, it's, it's definitely. All of them are personal. Fan mail. Not, yeah. not a single one is. Yeah. 
agenda. Every you know? every subject line needs a little blurred out, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. is in heaven.